Hello, hello, hello. Welcome Howdy. to another Bobby's Crypto Corner. Hello. How are all you happy people? I just want to let everyone know we are not sponsored by Taco Bell, but we should be. <laughs> we should be. Because you spend every Taco Ozark Tuesday Howler. watching Bobby's Cryptid Corner eating Taco Bell. And I'm going to tweet this to them. Please, Taco Bell, give us free tacos. Please, Taco. Can I eat more taco? Specifically <laughs> potato soft tacos. That's my jam. Mm, you know, I don't really have like a favorite Taco Bell order. I, I think Taco Bell's like on my lower list. Your lower Either list? Not. Like... If I have to eat fast food, Taco Bell is not up there. I actually agree with you on that one. Uh, Burger King is superior. I haven't had Taco Bell in forever. Maybe that should go into um, uh, Thursday show, and we should do uh, our fast food top top threes. Top Ooh. three fast foods. Yeah, and battle it out and argue with each other about fast food. Fuck That's yeah. We could do a poll in the chat, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I'm not yeah. a McDonald's fan. Like they're okay. I don't think they're great. Wow, you're lame. Breeze McDonald's fan. Yeah. <laughs> I like their fries. Yeah. Um okay. So what is up? Sure. We've got Rinkin Havoc in the chat. Joe 5D as always. A Aaron. Where is Enzo? Obviously, we can't start. Yeah, what the fuck, Enzo? Maybe he's at yeah. Costco. Everyone just dipped on us today. They did. To be fair, it's because we weren't here last week because it was America's birthday or whatever. Oh, that's right. I can't believe America acted like that and then asked us to, like, celebrate its birthday. Like, okay, America, what? we had a rough year. I don't know if we should really be celebrating you. <laughs> we had a really good Fourth of July party at my parents' house. Yeah, what'd you do? We had like a lot of people too. I was surprised. Oh, There's shit, a lot okay. of people. Didn't have us. I know it was really sad. You guys, I was missing you in wow. my heart. But Honestly, I woke up Tuesday, to the worst hangover. I don't hangover, know that you so. exist. I had a really bad hangover, so it's fine. Oh, well, that's what yeah, you get. That's, that's good punishment. My mm. sister-in-law brought like a hundred Jello shots, mm. and oh, then. Yeah. We were going to make the Skittles vodka, but we were in such a rush that when my sister asked me, like, do I pick a color or, like, what do I do? I was like, just throw the whole bag in there. So oh, she no. threw the whole bag of Skittles in there. So, of course, turned brown because yeah, you have all the colors of the world. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the Skittles at the bottom of the bottle were just white. So the bottle is, like, Sugar, brown yeah. with these white balls <laughs> at the bottom. So I was calling it American Sewage. Oh, and I'm like, do you want to try to American sewage? <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning, I felt like American sewage. I was like, oof. Just like yeah, all that sugar, all that alcohol. That's what you get. Yeah, it was just sugar. Yeah. It, was, it was the worst. That's what you not... get for going hard for America. Mm -hmm. I, on the other Gotta hand, went easy. to bed at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> did you really? Love I really genuinely did. And then took a lovely sleep. And then I woke up and went to work the next day. <laughs> Yeah, I spent no, the night playing video games. I know for a fact someone door dashed McDonald's at like one o'clock in the morning. So I know oh, I wasn't asleep by then. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. It was fun though. We you know, we just like an excuse to hang out. No, for sure. Not really about 
anything. Like, yeah. It's just like, what's a social excuse to throw a fat fucking party and get wasted? Exactly. American exactly. Right. And I got my new cornhole in. So we've been painting that. I'll carry it. It's going to be prim your cornhole for sure. I finally did a UFO at the top. So you, you're going to like it. You're going to like it. I like you. Yeah. So we put little cows on the bags so they have to go into the UFO hole. Oh, and then yeah. when you throw the bags, it'd be like, <laughs> So are we having a cornhole tournament? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Cool. Tournament. I'm into the it. Cornament. The cornament. That's what my oh, vibe is. McSweeney, McCloud Cloud. I am trying to get everyone to get on board with Taco Tuesday. That's my vibe. Ooh. Gotta it makes me really want Taco Bell. Like, this is torture. I haven't had Taco Bell in six weeks. You're not missing anything, Kari. Shh. You're really not. Besides maybe some Baja Yeah, Baja Blast at your Baja ass. Blast. All right, Brie, what, right. what are we talking about today? <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about the Ozark Howler. Also goes by Double Cap. Or the Ozark Black Howler. The hoo-hoo. The nightshade bear. Um, this one was particularly hungry. I think somehow Bobby found oh, his no. way under its paw. Oh, is Bobby dead? That's what he gets for not being here. Oh, no. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, for right? real. Yeah, for sure. This is a pretty big beastie little man we've got here. And of course, Ooh, it's the cryptid beer. beer of the week. Okay, so this week we have two Take of them. And I couldn't pick between one or the other. I had to do both. So uh, one is called the Ozark Howler. The other one is called the Ozark Howler's Half Shirt. Half Shirt. Two different places. One is Public House uh, Brewing Company. The other one is Rough Tail Brewing Company. Uh, one's St. James, Missouri. The other one's Oklahoma City. One is a American Pale Ale. The other one is an IPA. One is 5%, one's 8%. I am digging the one on the right and the not the one on the left, I'll be honest with you guys. The one on the right is screaming, drink me. The one on the left is depressing me. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll go for the pale ale. Alligator. Here's the thing. I prefer pale ale, so I would like the pale ale. But like mm. the graphics of the IPA look great, and I don't even like IPAs. I'm going just so off of what they look like. Okay. You'd be surprised. I do that all the time, and it usually doesn't disappoint. I feel like if if the packaging is good, it usually tastes good. Yeah, I feel like that. I the the pale ale should be in the other the other one, and then I'd like it because it'd be pale. But yeah, the dark pink moody vibes. I'm not feeling the public house. The other one is giving me like bright sunny. I'm gonna enjoy it drink me well i think what's interesting this about this though is the look of it because you have the two of them they're both i guess those are cowlers but one is more traditional in the sense of it being like a mix between a cat and whatnot and the other one looks a lot like an alligator Ooh, a little bit yeah it's giving me a little little alligator vibes it's giving me gator vibes hardcore a little bit i like its little shirt too it is cute Mm. So, of course, we're going to have to add this to our um, cryptid beer train. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me do that. Yep. So, our cryptid hazard meter, though, is oop, a bit medium. Oh. A bit medium. It's, it's a bit medium, which is surprising because usually it's like, don't approach. Mm-hmm. This situation seems to be kind of half and half. doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be too aggressive to people. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. Not a people hater. 
Mm. I mean, look yeah. at that face, but yeah, so not too much of a threat. Um, in general, though, he is quite scary looking, usually described as being really large and muscular, um, beastie, very stocky build, has been described as half bear um, or half wolf or even half panther, kind of a mix between all of those, which is why it also goes by the black cat, because it has been seen with a tail. So it seems like there are equal accounts of it without a tail or with a tail mm. um, long kind of not really long but shaggy black hair red glowing eyes but of course with horns and the most I I think the, the biggest detail about this cryptid is is its howl which obviously that's why it, it gets its name but the howl is supposed to be like something you've never heard before and in some cases is described as like a woman screaming um, this like blood curdling growl to a high pitched scream. I've heard a scream like that before in the forest. It does have some supernatural traits, um, depending on what side you'd like to believe in. Um, a lot of these supernatural traits are, it kind of gives me like Bigfoot vibes um, because a lot of them, I mean, not being able to catch it, obviously. Um, teleportation, same kind of thing we, we talk about with Bigfoot. Um, this, like, possible interdimensional aspect to the creature. Uh, night vision, super strength, being able to heal quickly, and cursing. Uh, like, being able to curse others of death by their stare, which is very similar to what a Wendigo does. Mm. It's actually from like a distance giving me Wendigo vibes, especially. Yeah, from I mean, it, there are a lot of similarities. I think we'll we'll see um, huge similarities, especially with like the horns and and the look. The only thing is, obviously, it's not like it's flesh and bones, like gonna die. Like, <clears throat> other than that, I think they look very similar. Uh, so our cryptid's home here is the Ozark Plateau. The Ozark stretches, I mean, it's within those four states here. So we have Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, but also borders right up against Illinois. And it also slithers into parts of Texas where this creature is seen. Uh, so it covers a huge amount of land space here. And the overall terrain is like very heavy, dense woodlands, but then also just massive lake. Um, the, the lake is, it covers 54,000 acres and it can go as deep as 200 feet. Uh, and that's, that's really insane. You, I mean, my immediate thought is like, there's this is the perfect spot for um, unknown 
wildlife or creatures to be hiding in. Well, especially like, because, <clears throat> as we all know, all waterways connect under all of our land masses. So this is, if it's going 200 feet down, I bet you it's hitting some good fucking tunnels and caves down there that mm -hmm. they're using for passageways to get to other areas, which is a possibility of why we're not being able to track some of these things. It does. It reaches many different um, lakes, rivers, which is uh, you that we... You guys will get into that. I've seen that, but there are some um, animals, wildlife that you probably wouldn't guess to just be in a lake where you think is like in the middle of the U.S., but you're seeing some kind of crazy um, wildlife there, especially in the lake. So, yes, it definitely splinters off massively. The lake in particular – I wanted to really highlight that the Ozarks in general are is this kind of like mystical area, which is really packed with um, tragedy as well as paranormal instances, cryptids, what have you. And I think when we look at the bigger picture, we're able to see um, why maybe one part could be true because there's all these other things that factor into it. So just the lake in particular was named the Magic Dragon Lake. Uh, and in order to create this lake, 60 cemeteries and eight towns were flooded in order just to just to build it. Um, so you're already walking on forbidden territory, in my opinion. And this is just back from the 1930s. We don't know what other burial grounds or... Um, even like traditional landmarks, when we start to talk about things like with the natives and whatnot, like what other aspects to that land there could have been. And lots and lots of drownings. It's definitely a place packed with just death. Uh, in 1982, there was a mass drowning. So all at once, eight people drowned. Um, the average is 13 people a year just in the summertime will drown in the Ozarks Lake. And one poor little boy actually just died this 4th of July. Drowned. Wow. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, don't go swimming. Is this kind of like the Titanic, how it killed those people? And it's now it's killing like this lake has ghosts in it that are also killing people. I mean, it just seems like that to me. Yeah, uh, it's, giving me, it's, it's giving me ghost drowning people from the bottom vibes. The numbers are astronomical if you look into it, but I also just think it's just the area. Uh, and I think that it could have native roots and that this could most likely be why. That's interesting. Always the natives. Oh. Um, the Ozark does also have <clears throat> something what is considered the Ozark Triangle. So there were cases in particular for 2014 there were three different situations different commercial airliners uh that could not seem to land at the correct airport um airline traffic controllers and all of their like equipment nothing helped them for that they just didn't seem to get to the right place very often um just totally confused. Like there's no explanation for it. And that's kind of the same thing with the Bermuda, the Bermuda triangle is this like lost 
translation, this like communication drop, maybe like spinning in circles or being lost in the fog, things like that. And then the missing persons rate is also considerably high in this triangle area, especially deep in the Ozark National Forest. So I was just looking relatively quick uh, just at the missing persons reports and things, and they're averaging some years, not all years, but some years we're averaging like four missing people a week in this area. It's quite a lot. It's That's yeah. a lot of people, yeah. especially yeah. I'm, con- I'm going to say that I don't think that that area is incredibly populated where people aren't really noticing four people going missing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is more rural communities out in this area. That's 208 people a year. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people. It's a lot, especially for a small community. That's That could be, you know, half of somebody's community out there. Yeah, and of course, there's a lot of things that contribute to that. So, of course, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, it's super paranormal. But, I mean, because, of course, there's normal things. Like, people go out in the dense forest and think they can hack it, but really, they don't know what the hell they're getting themselves into. There's no service out there. They don't have a good GPS system. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough clothing. They don't know how to even build shelter. Like, you know, humans are kind of like, not the smartest people sometimes who just go out there like I can do it and they can't. So I'm not saying that that's hundred percent paranormal, but the numbers are pretty high where you start to like add all this weird stuff into the whole picture here. And it's like, Hmm, there's something a little bit weird about the Ozarks location. Hmm. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go back to 1810. Um, This is a supposed connection with Daniel Boone. This is not, uh, well, I'll just, I'll read you the letter and then you guys can tell me if you think this is enough to believe. So the history here is that back in the 19th century, Daniel Boone would have been 80 years old when he wrote this letter. Um, And he was writing to his sister-in-law who lived back in Kentucky and he was out hunting near Cuba, Missouri. So we're only gathering that this is the very first instance of the Ozark Howler because of this dated letter that he wrote to his sister-in-law. So he had written her, I love you with alarming story of a black creature I found and wounded in the Sodder Creek, black and swarthy with horns on its scalp. Ignorant of its name, I am told of the sound it makes with a terrible owling in the night. Warnings of this for settlers shall be passed along. Your humble servant, Daniel Boone. So um, there, it's like surmised that this is about the Ozark Howler because it was an animal that he did not recognize and he was a very well, um, he was an experienced hunter and didn't recognize the howl and the animal was black and had horns. So I'll leave that up to you guys. It was the devil. It was Many the devil. Many accounts will say, like, oh, Daniel Boone shot and killed 
this um, creature. He was the first person to kill an Ozark Howler. But if you read this very short letter, he wounded it. And that was it. So didn't kill it. Um, again, it's kind of just up for your interpretation. I do not know. So hold on to that for your factor sci-fi for the 19th century player. Um, the next weird thing I wanted to mention here is because there's like a little bit of occultism in here um, is the story that Theodore Roosevelt, our old president, um, was a firm believer and protector even of the Ozark Howler. So uh, this, I can't say this word for shit, um, con, con, consonated? Con Concentrated. Con, no, concatenated. Concatenated. Okay. So the name is the concatenated Drink. order of hoo hoo, which is also another name for the Ozark Howler. <coughs> now, this is now the international concat. Con, how do you say it? Concatenated. concatenated. Yeah. Concatenated. Um, order of hoo-hoo. This was founded in Arkansas in 1819, and it is the oldest fraternity and uh, used to be more of a secret order, not so more uh, organization of lumbermen that were supported by the lumber industri industry. This logo here in general is of a black cat and the tail that peaks of a nine, and their whole thing was this like a fascination, not just with preserving um, wildlife, but with the number nine. So it's obviously in their logo here, but they capped their memberships at 99,999 members. Their meetings were always held on the ninth month. So September, uh, the ninth month on the ninth day, nine minutes past nine o'clock. Your initiation fee was 99 cents and your annual membership fee was $9.99. And Theodore Roosevelt was the ninth member of this order, the order of hoo hoo. Um, obviously, because, you know, he was the one that founded all of our national parks. Um, great thing he did there, but apparently this is the unverified, unverified part. I can't really find anything that this says that this is like the true true. Uh, he was told about the Ozark Howler and then had an encounter with it. And because of that encounter, it led to the order of hoo hoo and especially like his own personal mission to become like this secret militia to preserve the forest and the land and to contain the Ozark Howler. And the only like little bit of sliver of, you know, not even truth, but the only written history we have is of a song that was written, written, that was written by Woody Gerthy. That's what's written. <clears throat> I'm going to read this song to you guys. Um, we'll gather around, folks. I have a story to tell. 
about Teddy Roosevelt and a creature from hell. They met in the Ozarks, so the story goes, the howler roared and Teddy froze. The Ozark howler, fierce and strong, Teddy faced him but didn't go wrong. He saw the beauty in this wild land and vowed to protect it with his mighty hand. Teddy was a hunter, but he wasn't blind. He saw how he wound the natural kind. He fought for the forest, the birds, and the beasts, but healing the howler was his greatest feat. Oh, the Ozark howler, fierce and strong, Teddy faced him but didn't go wrong. He saw the beauty in the land and vowed to protect it with his mighty hand. So let's raise our voices and join the fight to keep our lands wild and free and bright. And like Teddy, Teddy did, we'll stand tall for the Ozark Howler and the Wild Lands Call. So that song in particular is really the only thing that like ties those two things together. For sure, he was, a, he was a part of the order. Um, Sounds like it. It's quite a crazy stretch, though, to think about. Like that whole thing. I mean, he was he was a a hunter. Like he was known for being yeah. a game hunter. So yeah, and an explorer. And, and especially if he him. was, if especially if he was a part of the order, you would imagine he's going out to the areas where this creature is known to be seen. So it would be likely that he encountered one at some point in his life. I would think, or what he thought was one, a hundred percent. I love the idea of like a secret cryptid society. Like there are places to keep the cryptid safe, create national. I mean, this is like could possibly be a rabbit hole, but we all know that like national forests, especially if we try to link like missing 411 to this, that national forests tend to have severe high rates of missing people strange phenomena um cryptids underground cave systems mm -hmm. i mean like who's to say that someone way back in the day like uh, our founder of national parks ted roosevelt didn't instill that in certain areas to protect those cryptids i mean i don't know it's wild it's a wild thought wasn't his like grandson or great-grandson the person who did the hoover dam as well which has long had a lot of conspiracies about it the who verdan the who who that's interesting the who -who dam? yeah the who dam. well what do you know god damn at least it wasn't j edgar hoover <laughs> yeah nah. for sure um, so that was really the beginning, our introduction, uh, I think, of, of the very first occurrence of sightings of the Howler. But there was, in 2014, a motor vehicleist um, who had reported to the Arkansas Game and Fishing Commission that he had almost collided with an unidentified beast and the call was recorded, and in the call, he did say that it was gray, that it had horns, that it was the size of the bear, and that it had incredible speeds. Uh, there is, you can't really say for sure, but it seemed like because of the call that there were um, armed 
uh, wildlife officers that went out there to investigate, but there wasn't any follow-up to that. So for now, all you have is just the call and the record of this happening. And it was on the bike? She. In Arkansas. See. In Benton County, Arkansas. That's mighty interesting, man. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I imagine he was going fast as hell. It's 9.45 at night. Uh, yeah. So who knows? I think in, and in situations like that, it happened so fast. I don't even know if the brain can fully register yeah. everything also, like, that if it's you're looking in, at and encountering. You've also got like adrenaline. And exactly. Shock and and I, I think that also attributes to the fact that not just in this cryptid, but many of them, uh, there will be like, oh, sometimes it's this and sometimes it's that. So like in this case, sometimes it has a tail, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's gray, mm. sometimes it's black. Yes, the species can vary, like vary, but when it comes to a tail, that's a very significant part to an animal. So it's like you're, you're either not saying the tail because it's happening so fast or you're putting those pieces together because that's what the brain does. It, we put things together like without even knowing it most of the time. On that note, I found out something interesting today. A little side note. Um, there's a hole in both of your eyeballs, right, where this, the iris goes all the way back in the optic nerve. Your brain fills that in from memory. So, like, what everything you look at, one, you're seeing a small fraction of the amount of frequency of light, and also your brain's filling it in. So, like, what do we really see? What's real? No, yeah, you're literally like you're not actually seeing anymore. what's in front of you. You're only seeing what your brain is perceiving to be in front of you. So, as much as I look at this iPhone and it looks like an iPhone to me, mm. it could possibly look different to somebody else looking at the same thing I am because your brain is perceiving it differently. Because your brain literally just it, what Kari says fills in random fucking gaps. Mm. Yeah. So it's like it's wild. It, there's a you know, your brain is filling in the fingers. It's filling in what it thinks is there. It's like, uh, it's like predictive programming with an AI or something, right? You know, these like the new Photoshop thing where you, you can expand images and whatever. Your brain's doing the same kind of thing. It's filling in that gap and thinking of what's there. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I know. I didn't like it either when I saw Makes it. Makes it feel like, uncomfortable. Oh, well, that's like how <laughs> your brain like your brain purposely ignores your nose and like mm -hmm. excludes it out of your vision. Yeah, so like you can see it. It knows it's there, and it purposely it just ignores purposely. it. It, it yeah. knows it's there. Uh, see, uh, nose, nose. The nose, it knows, nose. It's there. That's nose, good. Nose. No, I don't know. I'm really struggling with that, and I wouldn't like to believe it. <laughs> Science doesn't care about your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't. It really doesn't. As Neil right, Tyson would this. say, science is under no obligation to make sense to you. Mm -hmm. I love that saying. But you hate Neil deGrasse Tyson. Because he's a punk bitch! No, I just want him to check out his moles because they look cancerous. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess it's my turn. 
So two very uh, different the ways. Ozarks. So the area of the Ozarks has quite the history. The land was originally the hunting grounds of the Osage, and I'm probably saying this wrong, and I apologize, Indians. But due to the goddamn white American settlers, constant Whoa. history of displacing Native Americans, the Cherokee Indians were forced to move westward and ended up in the Ozarks. And the Osage and the Cherokee Indians fought over who had rights to the land. And in an effort to keep the peace, the goddamn white American settlers inserted themselves into the situation once again. Next slide, please. In 1820, the Arkansas territorial government opened the lands to white settlement and land purchases were made and boundaries were redrawn. The federal government also stepped in at this point, deciding that nobody should live on the land and tried to pass a bunch of laws to stop that from happening. But it was kind of too late because word got out that the land was kind of up for grabs. So people started migrating there like crazy and either buying property or just squatting on land that they found that nobody kind of said anything to them about being there. Oh, I um, love it. Yes. Sounds like and so mm -hmm. in 1829, the land was officially opened for settlement and the federal government gave up on trying to change that. Uh, the area was transformed into op an open rural community that was made up of a bunch of individual settlement homesteads. Um, the people who started it really were Irish, Scottish settlers, old stock Americans from Upland South. And what I mean by that is I mean like the top half of the South, like not the southern half of the South. Um, and eventually uh, Germans ended up there as well. Um, Squeamy. Yes. And Arkansas? Everywhere. Arkansas. Just the whole Ozark area in general. Yeah. It's a small part of Kansas. It's <clears throat> that Tony, part of Kansas is that is your neck of the woods? No, that's the the southern, the southeastern corner of Kansas. And that is like one of the weirdest fucking places. That's where, uh, that's where. Enzo was telling oh, yeah. us about those uh, Bigfoot sightings uh, and those uh, ghosts, and that's all in that fucking area. It's, yep. it's crazy. interesting. Which I'm surprised he's not here for this. So these early settlers <laughs> were handy, adventurous, and smart. They knew how to clear land, grow crops, and make and repair tools, preserve food, construct buildings, uh, weave cloth, so clothing, care for livestock. They really knew how to to start all of these things. It's not like the people who were venturing out here were like super timid, like, oh no, like we're moving out to the new world. I don't know what's going on. The people who got picked up and moved knew that they were going to be building something from absolutely nothing. But um, much like the Cherokee Indians who were forced onto the Ozarks, the white settlers also brought along their enslaved Africans and African-Americans with them. And realistically, those are the people who... Uh, built uh the ozarks to what they are today and as much as we want to say oh the white settlers went out there and they settled the land real more realistically they enslaved people and got them to build these lands and farm these lands for them and that was the only way that any of these people survived sounds like fucking most of america well and and i think what we're starting to understand here is this area in this land is building a pattern of tragedies starting with native americans uh the original native americans of the land getting kicked out for other native americans and then them fighting and then the white people stepping in and then you know you have the slaves being brought on to build this area for the white people and all at the same time all of the rivers around the area that are fed to breed these people are also running through a bunch of dead people as well like this you're just it's a breeding ground for a bunch of really bad negative energy i think and then when you have stuff like that negative horrible things happen in those kind of areas 
does. Well, even that just residual energy sticks around. Yeah, for sure. Residual energy. But even if it's like not necessarily something negative, but like that much impact, there's something that happens for sure. Like portals open and shit. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. I think this is a case. This now, is I'm going to talk about a few cryptids and legends that are of the people who settled this area and it's going to give you an idea i think of why we have the ozark howler today because you're going to start to see bits and pieces of all these things are the ozark ozark howler um so it's kind of like they brought these traditions and ideas over and implemented them into america and that's why we have this americanized uh cryptid version of the ozark howler today so the old irish and i'm going to say all of these wrong being shied <laughs> Uh, which today we call it Banshee, uh, means woman of the fairy mound or the fairy woman. And it's a supernatural female spirit in Irish folklore who warns of death of a family member, usually by screaming, wailing, shrieking, or kneeing. Now, kneeing is an interesting thing. It's a practice done in this old time where a woman would literally knee down on the ground and cry and mourn and sing. Um, And you actually would hire professional kneers to come and mourn for you over your loved ones and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a, a, a thing of that time. What? Exactly. Uh, so it said that its cry can predict the death of a member of one of the five of Ireland's major families, which is the O'Grady's, the O'Neill's, the O'Brien's, and the O'Connor's, and the Kavanaugh's. But over time, the families blended, and it said that most Irish families had their own banshee. So it wasn't like a one individual banshee. It was like now every pure Irish family that went and continued to breed with each other got their own banshee to like mm-hmm. preside over them and tell them about their family's deaths and stuff like that. You get a banshee and you get a banshee. Literally. Uh, It is also said that the banshees followed their families as they migrated from Ireland from other places across the globe, including the United States. Ooh! Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Today's version of the banshee, she is a female spirit-like creature in Irish mythology, usually seen as an omen of death or a messenger from the underworld. So not not necessarily tied to the whole family aspect to it so that part's kind of taken out in today's mythology and lore um uh there's various versions of the banshees that have been described she can range anywhere from a woman with long red hair uh to very pale skin or maybe an old woman with stringy hair and gray hair and rotten teeth um with fiery red eyes she is often descriptive with a comb in her hair as this has led the irish superstition that finding a comb on the ground is considered bad luck because it's her comb that had fallen out of her hair so if you found it the ban- you found the banshee's comb and so now it's more she's more of a superstition and today Today's world than necessarily um, part of the grieving process as the banshee was in the old time. It sounds very much um, even like back to like paganism. Like it's like the the mother, the maiden, or, or the crone, like how she depicts mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. And again, you, the original idea is I was surrounded by family. She's uh, this mother figure almost warning you and, and bringing you and telling you about, hey, someone in your family is going to die. You need to start preparing for this. It wasn't necessarily seen as so much of a scary thing, like to scare and like hurt you, but more like a scary omen. Obviously, it would frighten you, but like not in a negative, it's coming after you way, but more of a, this is your ancestor coming and warning you about the future. 
how crazy is it that like that's what the traditional meaning of but nowadays if you were to look up a banshee we consider that to be like an evil cryptid like like some mm. like a succubus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's so interesting it's so mm. crazy how things are so twisted and turned over time Mm -hmm. It is. It's different cultures. So the next one that we have is the Scottish Chusith, or in the Irish would say it, the Chuside, which this is literally the same thing. They just call it something different, but they're the same in both exact cultures. So the Chuslith or the Chuslide is a supernatural hound from the Scottish Irish folklore that haunts the Scottish Highlands. The name essentially means fairy dog when they break it down. The creature is said to be almost the size of a bull with a dark green shaggy fur and a coiled or braided tail. It is believed that they made their homes in rocky crevices and many accounts recall seeing glowing eyes in the shadow. This is also feared due to the belief that it is a harbinger of death. So it's another one of these like omens. So much like the Grim Reaper, um, this animal is responsible for taking the souls to the afterlife. Um, although this one is mostly a silent hunter, uh, this creature would sometimes let out these blood curdling howls that could be heard for miles around. Ooh, get it, Corey. Those that heard the howls would need to reach a place of safety before the third howl, or they'd be overcome with fear and die from sheer terror. You know, yeah. even, even just the visual. Creepy reminds yeah. me of our cryptid and like the one to the right the the hound but with a skull immediately i thought a mixture of wendigo and a cryptid and hey guess what that one on the right the tail is a nine Ooh. Is it really? <clears throat> yeah. it's drawn as a nine wow it is oh it is it is. Dun, dun, it is. Dun, dun. Well, and I think it's Nine. interesting too that it has the link of the the sound that's coming out of it. So I would describe this as a sound of like something you've never heard before. You're so terrified that you run in fear. Like this is very much sounding like the hellhound, or not the hellhound, the uh, Ozark. The Hellhound. Wendigo. Mm. The and the Wendigo. Wendigo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, give me the next one. So this next one we have is in wealth. Uh, wealth mythology, and they're I don't know how to say this. Welsh. C W N and Win, Quan Win, uh, and the Ta Wild Hunt is what we talked about. The Wild Hunt before. Uh, so this is um, oh, Norse. It means yeah. the name means the hound hounds of Anwen, and Anwen Anwen. How do you say it? Is the other world or underworld? They refer to it as the other world. We would call it the underworld, and they're supernatural dogs who are most associated with the Wild Hunt. Uh, it's believed that the howling of these huge dogs foretold death to anyone who had heard them. According to the Welsh folklore, their growling is the loudest when they are in the distance, and as they draw near, it grows softer and softer. Their coming is generally seen as a death, uh, like a like a, a death sign. Like if you see them or hear them, you're done. You're dead. There's no running from it or hiding from it. <laughs> you're done. They are so strongly associated with the wild hunt, which we've covered before. Uh, seeing the wild hunt was thought to forebode some catastrophic uh, events such as war or plague or death at best to anyone who witnessed it. There are uh, these creatures are supposed to hunt um, on specific nights, which we've talked about some of this before, specifically during like the Christmas time stuff. So this one is supposed to only haunt during the eve of St. John, St. Martin, St. Michael, 
the Archangel, All Saints, Christmas, New Year's, St. Angels, St. David, and Good Friday, or just in the autumn and winter in general is when they're supposed to be out hunting. Uh, they also can be regarded as escorts for souls to their journey to the other world. So again, like the one we just talked about before, mm -hmm. or like the Grim Reaper, it's, it's guiding people to the afterlife. Um, mm -hmm. Their goal during the wild hunt uh, is to hunt wrongdoers into the ground until they can no longer run, just as criminals do to their victims. That's kind of like the, the threat that is put out there about them. Um, they're these white hounds with red ears and a big reason why people think they're perceived this way is that because um, the Welsh and the Celtic people associated the color red with death and white was associated with the supernatural and white am animals were commonly owned by gods or other inhabitants of the other worlds. So it makes sense that it would be a white supernatural death dog because of its colors. Oh my God, I can't remember the fucking name, but we did <coughs> around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. We did, oh God, I wish I didn't have, we did something. <laughs> we did one of these cryptids for the yes, Christmas time. And of course, it, it also linked to the Norse mythology. And they would make, it was around when we were doing like um, all the different, the saints that were like Santa Claus, but were not. And yeah. they would make the little dog, they look like little dogs and it would be white. And then they would wrap like red ribbon on it and shit like that. Yep. Like this is like the um, exact same thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. God, what was that called? And then, and they burn it. And then they, they have like the big ass one in the town. You guys remember? I know exactly like, what you're talking about. They, like, I can't remember which one we were talking about. Yeah. I know exactly mm -hmm. what you're talking about, but I can't remember. I remember the picture Oh my too. God, that's going to kill me. But yeah, it's interesting like because once again we have another cryptid that's linking back to all of these other cryptids that we're talking about, especially these ones that lead back to, I guess, North mythology in this case. Like we have it with other ones, but more specifically, everything leans back to these kind of hellhounds, these dogs. We are we're constantly going back to the wild hunt. It's making references to it. So I think it's just so interesting that we have another cryptid that's realistically the roots of it, this is where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I, I just want to say I'm disappointed you didn't say any of that with a Welsh accent. Sorry, I don't have What is the Welsh accent? Yeah. You don't know the Welsh accent? I'm no. disappointed in all of you. I would have thought that was okay. like Irish. Um, so, <laughs> did you skip a slide forward? What's happened here? Oh. No. Okay. Is it out of order? I'm just checking. Um, Kari's no, I, out of order. I, no, I just, I just talk about. It. I, I think it was, it was like I have like a sentence for the first slide, so I was like, I'll just do it. So, into I was doing recent sightings of this thing, and I found some interesting stuff, and we're gonna watch some some footage that people have captured and, and whatnot. So let's get started. So. Uh, in 2009, a man sent in footage from a trail cam that allegedly showed a howler and sent them to a TV station in Fort Smith, Arkansas, but those pictures have been lost to time on the internet, so I couldn't actually find them, but I found a report that they were sent in. So, uh, on the next... You don't have to click next slide, you're fine. Should it I? Says okay, next don't slide. click it. You're fine. So this is where this slide should start. Now go back. Click it. Okay, so... In 
Okay, I've got my shit out of order. I'm very sorry. Okay, so in okay, there's a guy. There's a guy called Ron Bowles, as you can see there with the laser eyes. Uh, there's a guy. In 1988, he thinks he saw a Bigfoot or a howler in Green County. Um, and this is his story. He says, "Back when I was 20, stupid. You ever been 20, stupid?" Mm-hmm. We heard there was a kego party at a spot near the James River that we called the Old Resort, Bowles said. He and a companion went to check it out but found no party. On the way back through the woods to their vehicle, they smelled something terrible. The best way I can describe the smell? Fermented puke, Bowles said. Hmm. I mean, it was that bad. It was like wowzer. Moments later, they saw a very large something behind a tree 25 feet away. The figure swayed back and forth. Bowles said he, he is six foot three. His companion that night was six five, and the ground they, where they stood was slightly elevated relative to where they were looking. And what they were looking at was eye, the eye level with them. So, like, you can extrapolate how possibly big this thing was. Uh, he didn't see he didn't see any eyes, and it was right at dusk. Uh, he says they were facing west. Um, so I'm guessing like it was backlit if it's dusk, so that you know you can see the outline of it. Um the guy that he was with like ran away. Um run away. <laughs> um and because because the you know the, the bigger guy had run away, that the other guy ran away too. So they, they end up running off. Uh next slide. She's not here. Well, okay, <laughs> there, there you go. go. Cool. So uh, this is a, co- a copy of like the original report that he submitted in 2001 of this 1988 encounter. Uh, continuing his story, uh, he said he questioned his own impressions almost immediately. He wondered if there'd been he'd been seeing things or if the foul smell had been that of a dead animal. He says he's not one for knee-jerk reactions. So within 30 minutes, him and someone else went back to the spot and they didn't find anything, no smell, no figure in, in the trees. Uh, but that made him a Bigfoot believer, and it's been a part of his life ever since. And now he's like, uh, he's a member of the Finding Bigfoot team in, uh, I think it's in Oklahoma. Mm. And he's like one of these people that goes out on expeditions. Mm, okay. okay, so next slide. Oh, she's back. So he, he had another encounter in 2009. Um, this is slightly different, but it's it's interesting. So in 2009, he was in Howell County in a forested area when a tree uh, just f- broke and fell over and rolled down the hill as if it had been pushed at him. Nope. And then they, he looks up and he sees like a la- very large and black figure running away from us, and it was bipedal. Which is it's very <clears throat> interesting. Could okay. be both. So, Why are you run? Next slide. Why are you running? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in 2017, uh, another local in Arkansas uh, claimed to have pictures of what looked like a howler. Um, and this this is a story. I just noticed Jerry has an X over his face. Jerry's that, that was sneaky. I didn't know if she did that. See that? You said Jerry so, for life? I said Jerry's a bitch. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said in the email that contained these images met some family in devil's den state park this weekend for some camping 
We were up near Yellow Rock Trailhead this morning and saw this thing chase a squirrel up a tree, and I've never seen anything like it. It had short black fur, a broad nose, and horns like a young deer, but moved like a cat and had a long tail. Which you can see in the images, that's that's kind of odd looking. I don't know, actually know what that is. Uh, it was yelping and scratching at the tree, and he got some good photos, and it stopped and looked at him. Uh, he didn't have any video um, or more photos, and it ran away really quickly. Ain't that always a story? And then there was an- there's another quote. Uh, which is at the top there. I believe two things in this world to be true, that Jesus Christ is my savior and the Ozark Howler is real and leaving, living in the Arkansas mountains. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That's fucking hilarious. Okay, next slide. Yeah, this is like the only photos that you'll ever see if you look up the Ozark Howler. Yeah, like this mm-hmm. Like an it actual photo, it's just this one. He looks yeah. really cute though. Okay, oh, pause the video. Oops. Oh. I canna. The video is the left hand one. Okay. Who so was that? In 2019, the Travel Channel did an episode on the Ozark Howler and captured some interesting sounds. Now, the video, I took the sound from the episode and then I compared it to some other animals. And on the right is some infrared footage that they captured in that episode that I've looped into a GIF. So if you want to play the video now, it's like a comparison between the sound and other sounds. Okay, let's hit it. It's Jurassic. So here's some comparable sounds. That's a fox. Mm-hmm. That's the red, red fox. It's high pitched. What does the fox say? Where can raccoons go off? <laughs> go off. And they're not that loud. <laughs> Definitely wasn't that because that sounds like someone's blowing to a straw. I'm really, I need to know this sound because honestly, if I would have heard this out in the wilderness, I would have been like, What the fuck is that? That's the one I think sounded most like the Fisher Cat. Yeah. Okay, but let's play That's from the beginning. Wild. Yeah, play that one again. It's a shame it's such a short clip. No, it's not. It's not. It's similar. I'm not gonna say it's the same. It's Rawr. similar. Every time. <laughs> I'm a fox. I think that shit sounds Jurassic. Like but I also they slowed it down. You like they're no, but not the first part wasn't. First one isn't slowed down. The second yeah. one. Yeah, part. I slowed it down the second time. Yeah. Give me the fisher. <laughs> 
It's a higher tone. Because right. look, maybe it's just an older one. Okay. Yeah, well, it's not going to be identical, but it's it's not. Close. But it's close. when we get to uh, when we get to my slides, there's something I'm going to point out. I'm going to okay. say that none of that shit is the same, but I'm glad to know what a fox says. What am I looking at here? Was it the GIF? Yeah. So that's that's some uh, infrared footage that they captured during that investigation around the same time that they got the sound. Okay, that bitch is big. Yeah, yeah I know I'm what like, that is. I think I know what it is, but I'm going to wait till the end. I I'm also not allowed that. to say that word anymore. So, you know what that is. Look at that. Wow. Uh, so if you want to hit the next slide, we have a... Oh, so there's been uh, numerous like, casts and footprints taken. Um, it's kind of interesting that there's so many. I was kind of surprised that so many have been being captured out on trails and whatnot, like big footprints that people go out with, like, a cast. I can't remember what it is, like paper mache stuff, mm -hmm. but a little bit more professional than paper mache. Um but yeah, this I was surprised when I when I looked into this, I was like, oh, there's actually way more kind of circumstantial evidence than I thought there was. Yeet. But when I first started Googling it. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um if you want to hit that next slide, this is my final slide. And I found a news segment. You're gonna to have to pause it right away. So I found a new segment from like it was re-uploaded seven years ago, and it's from a number of years before of these people in a house that captured uh, something on the trail cam that looks kind of strange, and they're right in that Ozark area. So if you want to hit yeah. play, I want to I want to know what you guys think it is afterwards, and in the chat. Can I ask? Is this the about. one that I had in my slide earlier, but there was no backstory to? It was only like the clip. I don't know. Something has been happening at this Ozarks home in Taney County for years. Now, the owner says it's Sasquatch that's been a not-so-welcome guest visiting his family. We're uh, easily uh, a mile from the road wow. on the other side of the valley. We've got a huge valley out here, yeah, roads roughly east-west. There's water know, right? at the bottom. Deer move around here all the time. It was in the 90s when Steve Robinson realized that he wasn't alone on his land, just outside of Forsyth. I'd come out of there and walked over, and there was a grove of trees right here where the house is. We've heard uh, coordinated calls uh, from two and sometimes three uh, voices, one on the far slope, one on the near slope, one down in the middle, and they'll be moving from west to east. It wasn't just calls Robinson heard. It was what he saw that made him wonder who or what was crossing his land. We found footprints that are anywhere from uh, 12 inches to 17 inches long. They're all pressed into leaf mold, so we haven't been able to get a successful cast yet. And he has proof. Oh, that's when we found we found a picture about that time on my game camera from down there in the corner. It wasn't just that, that picture, but Robinson's face-to-face -face encounter that convinced him to become a Bigfoot investigator on his own property. Where the house is right now was a large grove of trees. I came out here, held up a really 
dull flashlight. The batteries are almost gone. And I put the, the flashlight right about where the window is. Okay. And you can see that's, we're talking 50 feet away. And that's where it was. When its eyes came out, they were setting off at an angle like this because he was doing this. Yeah. And then back around behind the tree. Well, the tree wasn't nearly that's literally big what I saw. <laughs> he was bigger than the tree. Yeah. See, that's we're talking 50 feet away, and that's where it was. And it went boom, 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 boom. No, right, off right there. It was right there. In six steps, it cleared the edge of the property. It was gone. Robinson now has a collection of photographs and recordings he claims are proof that Bigfoot is real. But the bottom line is, they've been here for generations. And he's not the only one who's seen it. The BFRO, that's the Bigfoot Research Organization. They're full oh, of reported yeah. Bigfoot activity across the Ozarks. Now, here I have pulled up their website, and you can see that right here, Missouri, is one of the places that is being reported from some of these sightings. Now, as I take a look at that, a closer look at Missouri, you can see there are different colors here on this map, and that is the ledger right up here. You can see the yellows indicate, you know, not that many reports, where the darker colors indicate more reports. And if you, uh. you can see in Greene County, we're under that orange color because we've actually had more than three different reports of Bigfoot sightings in the Ozarks. We've had one in 1974, 1988, and also back in August of 2002. And that's for Missouri and Arkansas. So again, the darker the color, the more reporting. Uh, somewhere between uh, probably 20 to 30 okay. a year. Ron Bulls runs the local chapter of the BFRO. That there are Bigfoot reports oh, in every state of that's the, the Union and the province of Canada uh, but every state of the Union of the United States except for Hawaii. Bull says there's something here in the Ozarks. Respectfully. Missouri uh, has had, has had a, a long, long history of, of Bigfoot activity. Uh, news reports dating all the way back to the 1800s. And we're talking newspaper reports, Kansas City Star, uh, New York Times, you know, about the wild man of the Ozark. Robinson says the activity around his house has calmed down over the years, and he misses his Bigfoot. Aww. But this guy was just a voice in the dark, and when he's gone, you feel a little bit like, yes. yeah, yeah. Aww. He's part of it. And I would like to, I would like to see him. Tomorrow night, the debate rages on. Is there really a Bigfoot in the Ozarks? This presence of a possible Bigfoot population is just difficult to accept by any scientist. In fact, um, people say, well, do you believe in Bigfoot? I said, no, I don't believe in Bigfoot. Bigfoots are real, and the evidence tells us that. We're going to bring in the scientists who say it isn't Bigfoot, what? but something else Snap. that's in the woods. Like that. <laughs> He's going to hash it out with some local researchers and the star of the reality show Finding Bigfoot. Lee. Oh boy. Ooh. Is this your edit, Corey? No, this is the end of the video. But so what what do you all think that was? A big foot. Something has been happening at Obviously. I mean that, that photo that you caught was it looked kinda like the, the howler. So the howler? That, uh, I I don't yeah. know what the fuck that was. Sorry, she's not letting me go. Thank you. There you oh, there we go. Okay, well, that's there, the end I'll, of my slides. I, I can stop it for a second and let's discuss. Okay. Really shortly. Um, what do you guys think about that? That's I think it's interesting. The, the, the interesting thing to me was the poking out behind the tree because that's exactly what happened when I saw one. 
That's what it usually and does. The, the, like. three, the three moving through and communicating, but not moving as a group because that would be too obvious to, you know, it's easy to hide when you're by yourself. But keeping within vocal range, that's, that's an interesting thing. Have you guys ever heard of that happening like with other sightings? All the time, okay. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like with there's Bigfoot a, sightings, yeah, the yeah. Bigfoot talking. Yeah, exactly. Like they're okay. they're chatting with each other. They're not in the same area. It's not they're next to each other, but they're talking to each other from different distances. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, listen. The thing about this is not just the fact that it's a Bigfoot in the Ozark, which I wholeheartedly would never rule out, but what people are seeing could really be this Ozark howler that they're mistaking for Bigfoot or mm -hmm. it is Bigfoot and because of them being predisposed to all of the other folklore that we heard earlier, they add a little bit more supernatural filter on them seeing Bigfoot. Or you have what Kari was talking about earlier where you have somebody whose brain perceives it in one way and one person's brain who's perceiving it in another way. And one person is seeing the Ozark Howler, where the other person is seeing a Bigfoot-like creature. But regardless, it's a big creature that's out there, but your brain is filling in those details and gaps to to put it in a certain category. Right. Try to make sense of it. I yep. feel like if you see a Howler, but the person that you're with sees a Bigfoot, that the person that sees the Howler would be more open-minded. I think that they would be looking at Maybe. a Wendango who was tricking them both. Mm. Tripping the balls. <laughs> I feel like the person that, it, say if one person sees a howler and another see, person sees Bigfoot, I kind of agree with that. Like it, The person seeing Bigfoot, their brain's filling it in with something more comfortable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like the closest thing you can like. What right. their brain thinks makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, I think man. that's what all of our brands are doing all the time, though. I think that's another reason why not to get into the UFO side of things about why we all see different, why we all see different UFOs yeah. at the end of the day, and why it's ever evolving and changing. Because it's not that there's not a craft there, but it's the way that our mind is perceiving it. Well, it's consciousness and mm -hmm. like how that interacts with the phenomenon, which you could you could uh, categorize like cryptids and stuff under the phenomenon too. Like it is how, under, how we interact with that in a phenomena, conscious way is very interesting. A phenomena is like this bracket, this huge umbrella, and there's all these things that fall under it. And then the more you look, the more that they're all intertwined, like the Ozark in, in general. I mean, there are areas where they just call like spook highway, where they see these Ooh. spook lights. People see crazy like prism-shaped mm -hmm. UFOs or just spook lights all over the Ozarks. And I don't think that there's any way in hell that it is not connected. Um, no, Mike, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that if one person sees the Bigfoot, then the person seeing the howlers full of shit. What we're saying is they're both seeing a beast. It's just that they're perceiving the beast in two different ways because their brains are different. So one person who grew up with an Irish upbringing sees more of a Ozark howler because that's what their mind immediately goes to. Whereas someone who maybe grew up who knew more about Bigfoot, they immediately go to that Bigfoot area. That's just kind of what we're proposing. Yeah. Like with all things, your brain pulls to its nearest, like what do I have context to what I'm looking at? Mm -hmm. And that would be that. Case. Whether that context is true or not your brain, let's just remember that your brain 
doesn't really understand the difference between fake and real and all of those things. It is just giving you the information. That's why I also think some people, you could be with someone and you see the UFO, the person next to you could be like, is that not an airplane? I mean, this is extreme cases, but it could be like if your mind's also blocked off to something, you will pick the nearest thing and that's mm-hmm. like you boxed yourself into that. Yes. If you yeah. don't believe something, more than likely you won't see it because you don't believe it because you're not so, open to it. Yeah. So that's like, okay, Bobby complained about never seeing a UFO. And then he went and bought a crystal. And then he magically thought that he saw something in the sky. And it's not that it was because he actually saw a UFO, but it was because mm-hmm. that he was paying attention to the sky more. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the crystal or anything, but it was the, the chain of events that he did. And it, it, it did indeed, the crystal did make him see things in the sky, but not in the way that you would think. It's not like it was a magic crystal that made him see things. It's just he, by buying that crystal, made the conscious decision to open up his mind, to look up to there. So he was then in turn more receptive to seeing things in the sky. And that's right. how life literally works, guys. Like that's what we need when you create your own reality. Yep. Like that's the kind of stuff that we're saying. Like it's not these crazy magic spells or these crazy like rituals that you're, it's like these weird little things that you're doing that you don't realize that are opening up these pathways. They're plain and simple. They're permission slips. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. He got the crystal for the intention. It was a permission slip for him to see what he wanted to see or yep. what was out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's got sharks? I do. <laughs> so sharks in the Ozarks. Oh, I right? love it. So um, this is technically possible because of one species of shark that is prevalent in the Gulf of Mexico, and that would be the bull shark. Bull sharks have the unique ability to live in fresh water. Pretty dangerous, too. They are also, by weight, they have more testosterone in their bodies than any other living animal on Earth. Holy shit. Really? Yes. That's why they get aggressive. They're extremely aggressive. Uh, if you don't know, the movie Jaws was actually inspired by a series of bull shark attacks in the Jersey River in that the early 1900s like where one bull shark uh, attacked, I think, four or five different kids that were swimming in the river at different points in the river. <clears throat> That's actually the the origin to the Jaws movie. But technically, since the uh, the Lake of the Ozarks is connected to the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. it is technically possible that a bull shark could make its way up there. There are enough big fish for a small bull shark to live for quite a while in there. I don't think you would ever see a large population of them, like 10 to 12 sharks, because each one, each litter could have anywhere from one to 13 sharks in the litter. And then they get up to 12 feet long and they can weigh up to 900 pounds. So they get big, they get very big and they're extremely aggressive, but they have been found in St. Louis in the Missouri river. Uh, They've been found in the Amazon river, 2,300 miles into the Amazon river in Peru. They have been found in the Tigris River in Baghdad. 
Uh, there's a golf course in Queensland, Australia, that after a flood, the flood washed a bunch of bull sharks in from the ocean into the golf course's lake, and now the Love lake that. is infested with bull sharks. Love <laughs> there's oh. the uh, the Zambezi River, which is a bull shark nursery in Africa. There's Lake Pont. What is that? Pont Train. Yeah, in Louisiana. Okay, wait. Before you continue, everyone needs to go listen to the song Lake Pontchartrain by Ludo. It's a great song. Welcome to Lake Pontchartrain. Feed your soul and rest your brain. Oh my God, so good. Go listen to it. Okay, go. So that river after Hurricane, or that lake after Hurricane Katrina became infested with bull sharks as well. Uh, there's a few other lakes. Um, they also have been found all the way up in Illinois. Very far into Illinois, there's a dam that connects uh, Lake Michigan to uh, the Illinois River that goes down to the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And that is the only thing that is stopping bull sharks from getting that far up and getting into Lake Michigan. And it's the only thing stopping uh, the Asian carp from getting into Lake Michigan and destroying Damn. Lake Michigan. Okay, so, so what you're basically what you're saying is is that sharks aren't just in oceans, and we should be terrified of all bodies of water because aggressive ass bull sharks could and can be lurking in any of them. Yes, yeah. and this so, is a shark found in Arkansas in the Arkansas no, North Lake. That looks a like about shark. a six, this is a six foot, foot bull shark. It's a six foot bull shark in Arkansas. Twenty seventeen. Where are we at? Where are we at? In wow. Arkansas. So there's actually the bull sharks are related to great whites and another shark called a uh it's called the salmon shark. Mm. And they're the only three species of shark that still exist that are related to each other like that. The most famous one would have been the megalodon, which is where the great whites uh yep. evolved Super from. <gasps> So the bull shark is not the only shark that can live in freshwater. There are five other species of shark that can live in freshwater. And one of them exclusively lives in freshwater because its species has been cut off from saltwater. But they all live in India, Indonesia, and, of course, Australia. Everything lives in Australia, right? Yeah, but they don't they they don't get really big and nobody really knows anything about them because of where they live. Nobody knows like they're in the Ganges River. It's one of the most polluted rivers in the world. Nobody's going yep. in there and Oh, they go in there anyway. Yeah. Well, they're not scuba diving in there to to look at these <laughs> super rare sharks that nobody That's knows true. about. True. I, I just want to let it. everyone know that Enzo finally fucking showed up. And so <laughs> yeah, it's about fucking time. For him to show up. Yes. Yeah. Are you skiing? Yeah. So, Bree, the it's next slide has now. a video. So, quickly uh, uh, stop it. <laughs> Not quickly. What? So, yeah, the video Isn't that was. Accurate? Like, yes. All right. So, Tony, this is a first. It's not a black bear. Yes, and it's not a black bear because of the the sounds that, uh, that sound the sounds that Kari played. Oh, earlier. It sounds like somebody g- gobbling. 
Yep, I'm going to tell you what that sound is, and that's why it's not black bears. So the Ooh, sound. I love it. Brie, play the okay. sound. Okay, okay. <laughs> so what you're... Someone's like, motor vehicle. <laughs> what you're actually... What you're hearing in that uh, audio clip is two black bears. Uh, that bum, 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 bum sound is a threat call that a large female black bear is giving a smaller male black bear. So you kind of heard that groan, that that was in there. That was the male black bear submitting to the female black bear. <gasps> so black bears, they don't have the same sounds that you think of a bear where they're like... Like a grizzly bear or a polar no, bear or something. Like black gone. bears. Yeah, they and they do this thing where they click their teeth as a threat display, and there's none of that in the Ozark Howler lore. I think maybe sometimes somebody could have seen a black bear and just been like, whoa, and then just turned it into an Ozark Howler story because they wanted people to like them or something, but it's definitely not a black bear. Love I'm surprised. It. All right, next. The next one probably has sound too. Ooh. Yeah. Go ahead and pause that. Pause? Yep. So I want to talk about the eeny meal first. <clears throat> so this is another possibility, and this is a bobcat. A bobcat is also known as a red lynx, depending on where you're at. This is an actual bobcat. I know most bobcats are gray, but this is an actual bobcat. Bobcats have these tufts just like a lynx does on their ears that come out. They can be several inches long, depending on how old the bobcat is. Generally, they weigh, they weigh around 30 to 40 pounds. They don't get very big. Uh, like it says, they're only dangerous if you're a squirrel or another small animal. They're harmless to people. They can fuck you up if you mess with them. But that story about the guy on the motorcycle who saw a gray thing with horns come shooting out of the, the woods, right? That could very possibly have been a bobcat. And when you're on a motorcycle and you're traveling at night and you just see this gray thing and those tufts on the ears look like horns coming out, right. it could very possibly have been just a large bobcat that shot out of the woods and kind of almost collided with him or did, you know. So then you can play the sound because I didn't know Bobcats made this noise. I might. It, hold on. It, you can let it play through. And it I'm going to. You guys don't know this, but when you do the videos for her, you have to put the videos higher for her because of the controls. It's okay for next time. That's what it sound like when I snore. <laughs> this sounds like this sounds more like that one original audio clip that Kari was talking about. The people who found the sound. But yeah, this the sound sounds more like it. Much and that's, more like it. The other that's a thirty-pound bobcat. Cat, so I see why we found the similarity, but it much more sounds like this one than the other one. Mm -hmm. The next one also has a video. We'll listen to the sound first, and then I'll talk about it. Okay, that works. Much better, yeah. What a pretty baby. Mm 
the way that ears go back. That's how I know. Yeah, that's, not, that's not giving me super like the scary like how the other definitely one not as, close. Not as intimidating. Like it is obviously irritated, but I, it's not giving me. It's this is more it's of a giving. yeah. It's it's more of a uh, a very it's, light. It's, it's very it's a very light warning sign. Yeah, it's not the typical. It's like cougar. it's like it's like stop. <clears throat> yeah, it's like leave me alone. So I love that you called it danger kitty. Danger kitty, yes. <laughs> danger kitty, I like that. <laughs> so cougars are very rare in the Ozarks. Um supposedly what? today. Well, yeah, supposedly today they're very rare in the Ozarks. They're probably not as rare as the DNR says they are because the DNR has been lying for years about cougars being in Kansas. Over and, the government. Yeah, and they still lie about it. They're like, well, they're not really, there's not that many of them. And then people hit them with their cars and see them all over the place. And they're just like, yeah, sure they are. Uh, cougars get really yeah. big. Cougars are the largest predatory cat in North America, and they can get monstrously, monstrously big. Uh, they will attack people, so yeah, don't don't approach the danger kitty. Danger putty cat. Yeah. Not the ones at the local bar. No. <laughs> and why do they shoot them when they come around town? Because they're super aggressive and they, they kill you. dogs, they kill cats, they'll kill sheep, they'll kill you. Yeah, if they get a chance, they will. That's my Tony put whatever you do, don't approach the danger kitty. He didn't say that for the other one. The other one said only a threat if you're a squirrel or small animal. Yes. All right. There you go. Yeah, Wichita is where they hit one too. So this is one of the other possibilities, the red wolf. Now, I have actually seen a red wolf. The reason there's no video is because there are only 30 red, less than 30 red wolves living in the wild in all of North America. It is, is one of the so most fucking sad. It's depressing. It is one of the most endangered uh, animals Justice in North red America. Wolf. Let's do t-shirts. Justice for Red Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> now, <clears throat> this wolf is also called the Ozark Howler. No, because like a wolf, it howls. And where the Red Wolf fits in kind of the order of Gray Wolf or Timber Wolf, whatever you want to call it, and coyotes, is they're kind of in the middle. They're bigger than a coyote, they're smaller than a timber wolf. But because there's so few of them, there was actually a group of scientists who thought that they were what is called a koi wolf. And a koi wolf is a uh, hybrid between a coyote and a timber wolf or a gray wolf. But through a lot of studying with uh, genetics, they actually determined that the red wolf is its own subspecies of wolf and not a coyote. Which is really sad because there's less than 30 of them living out in the wild. And the, I saw four of them, and it was at the Virginia Living Museum. They have a very nice enclosure that they you have. Four out of 30 already? Oh my God, they're probably dead now. No, they were in a zoo. 
So there's only there's less than 30 living in the wild. There's several that live in zoos, but through hunting and poaching and stuff, they were just kind of killed off. And coyotes actually, when coyotes came on the scene, they encroached on a lot of the territory that red wolves had and kind of naturally pushed them out as well. So coyotes kind of took over where red wolves, their niche in the, uh, the animal kingdom was, got filled in by a smaller, more agile, larger pack group animal, and they kind of just pushed the red wolves out. But they're really pretty. Yeah, they look gorgeous. And according to, according to the Endangered Wolf Center, they are responsible for the legend of the Ozark Howl. Oh, wow. They really wow. did that. They really did that. Wow. Yeah, I heard just squash and beef. They're like, we have the answers. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right, give us the next one. Ooh. We are visiting many of the other cryptids that the Ozarks has to offer. Um, I don't even know if I need to go through them all, but one of them we've already done the Momo. Mm -hmm. We yeah. have yeah. also already done the um, hide behinds. Oops, the hide behinds and the Belschnickel. Belschnickel. Mm -hmm. Belschnickel. We've done. I feel and... like there's some here that we need to do now. The, the yeah. booger dogs looks fun. I like boogers. Booger. Cave but Spring Mermaid. Wait, the booger dog was real. I thought you made that one up. Snorris and ringtailed tutor is what the nickname was in high school. <laughs> the tailed tutor. Sort of definitely that one. I like this. The Ozarks is full of a lot of creepy areas. There's actually a few people who, like some artists who have done some maps of like cryptids across uh the united states and this area there is uh plenty in some areas mm -hmm. are super barren and don't have a lot but the ozarks literally has so it's fucking many and i wonder if it has to go back to the fact that this area is super fucking cursed first and foremost by the native americans as they should have um and then also just anyone else who's lived there as time has gone on it's been a pretty depressing and harsh area to survive in and there's been a lot of tragedy involved in the area so it's kind of like continuing that tradition of uh sacrifice mm -hmm. to let the crazy yeah. cryptid creepiness go on from there there's, there's a, a lot, lot of things in this area as well Oh, so many hauntings, strange, strange as paranormal things. Uh, there was a war. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, so it's like a whole battlefield people see full on apparitions. I mean, I used to have the Ozarks on our list of things to do. Now I don't really want to go back to all these, but who knows? Maybe we will. <laughs> The grow, the grow sounds cool. Yeah, I, I think there's probably some things that we can. Uh, the green. the galley. I mean, yeah, the galley one. We could probably do an episode because I'm sure a lot of these we'll do don't have a. Yeah, like we could do the galley wampus and gollywog and waza woozer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the there's grow a, there's a lot of good ones. The king doodle <laughs> yeah. I'm into. Let's do all the wing doodle. Wing doodle. Everybody wing doodle tonight. Yeah. Ooh, where's your wing doodling? Gowron. Nickel. All right. <gasps> this is Breeze. 
recommendations. Wow. Because Bobby's not here. Um, there is a movie called Ozark Sharks, and it is indeed about the bull sharks that have been seen in that area. A picturesque family vacation to the Ozarks. Go sideways. <laughs> Squish. What, what's happening right now? Do you want me to do it like... Show up just in time for a big fireworks festival in the town holds every year. So this one sounds pretty scary. That's great. Oh my god. That was so good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so you can stream that on Voodoo if you have it. It's also on Amazon as well if you have that. I feel like that was a hate crime. How is that a racist? Are you kidding me, lad? You can fuck off with that type of lifestyle and then I done oh a cast for that. No. <laughs> no. Oh. All right. What? So it doesn't let me go. What is it? It just tried to. <laughs> this is what it's showing me. I'm trying to click next. What? What is happening right now? Oh my god. <laughs> so that was I can't go to the next the slide. You're muted, Jamie. You're just trapped in a weird YouTube video. I love that. <laughs> no, I can't so go to the next slide. Life comes at you fast. Well, we know what the next slide is. It's what do we think? Is yeah. it, it's time for it. fact or sci-fi. Hold on. This is weird. I can't go. Just watch. What? If I go Dude, next, we'll this is it. where it takes me. Fuck what? yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sold, but like, I don't know. Does anyone know why? No. No. What is this? <laughs> 100 Monsters official trailer. I kind of want to watch it. Wait. Oh, this is from last week. That's why, because it's attached to the thing. Okay. I get it. How weird. Okay, well, fact or sci-fi. Fact right. or sci-fi. There we go. Uh, I will go first. I am going to give this one a fact. Because I think that whatever is there people are seeing whether it be an ozark howler or a bigfoot i am going to lean into the idea that kind of has been kind of the theme of tonight of that your brain is just perceiving something so it's per your brain is perceiving something so there's something there what that happens to be i do not exactly know but it is a fact that your brain is seeing something. So these people had these experiences, they experienced something. So it's a fact, whether their brain perceives it to be whatever it is, is their own brain's business. You know, I'm not going to interfere with <laughs> that and their brain, but yeah, I'm going to fact this. I think that there's something weird out there. That's something that our brain is not recognizing that we normally know. And so there, it, this, it is the definition of a phenomena. So I'm going to cryptid it. I'm a fact it 10. Amen. Cool. Tony. Tony? <clears throat> I'm going to give this a middle bitch. Ooh, burn. Mm. Solid middle bitch. And this is the reason why. As far as whether or not for the Ozark collar, 
I will say there are people who can go out into the woods, and this is what would happen if I didn't know what different animal sounds calls sounded like. And I was out in the woods and I heard a fox fucking scream the way that they scream and I'm out in the dense woods and then I hear rustling in the trees and then suddenly a fox comes out. I'd be like, dude, we need to go. There's some fucking shit out here and we need to hightail it out of here. Because animals make really weird noises and small animals can sound like really huge animals if they're close enough and depending on how dense the woods is and stuff, or maybe there's another bigger animal walking around, a deer walking through the woods, and some bobcat makes some dumbass sound. You you see the movement from the deer and the horns and antler, the antlers and everything, and then you hear this, rah, rah, and then you start to freak out. So I'm going to leave it up. Nature's fucking scary. I'm going to give it a middle bitch. Maybe there is this crazy animal out there. So you literally just said exactly what I said, but you're middle bitching it. Got it. Yes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm gonna give it like a three. Same out of argument. Yes. Super number. It's a si- similar argument, but I, here's an interesting thing that we haven't said about. So you got all these old reports from back before when people generally knew what animal were, animals were what. Then you've got this spat of newspaper and folklore in the time in between that. And I was thinking earlier about like uh, prohibition era. era. Mm. They used to like, they used to transport the alcohol through the wood trails. So like, how do you get people to stay away? You tell them a folklore story that there's a monster out in the woods going to get you. So it just got me thinking about like how it could have been used and propagated for people's benefit, but still kind of spreading it out like a, and that could also be why there's so many different little weird cryptids and paranormal things that we talked about in their different folklore that was from these people's culture that have so many ties into what this creature is because what they were doing is they were grabbing from all of these different things and throwing it together and making a monster because if you said all of those things all those things are super likely for them to be believed because they already believe in other creatures that do those kind of things It's a cultural norm already, so like you're already playing into mm-hmm. like a predis they're predisposed to believe it. So what's your what's your number? I give it like a three. Wow, I think oh, it, fucking hater. Is that a sci-fi? I, I, That's a sci-fi. It, it, mm, no, a That's sci-fi a sci-fi would be two and a half or less. That's it. No, it's, okay. it's, it's a low key. It's a low key middle bit. But I think below five. I, I think yeah. they were just. I think they were animals, and then things got blown out of proportion for people's gain. And for the the sake of telling stories, and you know how like mythology evolves over time. Like you start with a simple story, and then the next thing you know, it's like something completely different. I think it's something like that. Mm. Sci-fi, okay. interesting. Okay, well, we I, fully disagree. I for feel you. for all of your accounts. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards a fact. Uh, so I'll give it a fact. I think everyone's points are valid. Absolutely. Uh, the noises, <laughs> yes. I think that Tony is right. However, I don't think that accounts for what people were saying. Yeah, because she said the and same thing as me. I think that's the <laughs> same thing with Kari's, um, with with Kari's explanation. I think it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, you could say prohibition, but that didn't happen until many many years later, after 
the first sightings were made. And but did they know what animals they were looking at back then? That's my, my point. They probably know more than we do, actually, because they were out there trampling I mean, yeah, around the grounds so. where like most of us don't do that unless you're a hunter even then if you're a hunter you have like specific areas that you're going to specific trails you're not going into areas unknown so or point i of privilege or point of privilege they believed they believed it into existence they made up the thing and then it turned into a real fucking topo Ooh, maybe Ooh. most likely yes i just think that there's too many similarities with um and this is the thing, though. It's like, do I fact the Ozark Howler in particular? That's where it gets messy. And I think everyone else is kind of like the same thing. It's more like, do we think something like it? Either that or something adjacent to it. And then we just like throw the blanket of words because that's what we always do. You know? I mean, that that picture, those, those three pictures of the fucking house cat jackalope looking thing. It's literally like a foot tall. It's sitting at the base of a tree and it looks like somebody glued antlers to a fucking cat. It doesn't even match up with the story of it being this big lumbering beast. That's like, but also that, that's her, that, but uh, that's modern day artist rendering now. So it's not like, we can no, pull... that was an actual picture, no, that, Those right? are the photos that I found. So like, yeah. I, I think what Bree's getting at is like the mythology version of it was like this big scary thing, but like the modern sightings, it just seems to be like more mundane. But yeah, still like... weird because like I can't identify that animal, but it's not big and scary. Yeah. Well, there's obviously something very big and scary in the Ozarks, and I hope, do we all agree on that? Maybe just yeah. the Ozarks, I think the Ozarks is a very, it's a very, the I wouldn't Ozarks be surprised if it was in the Ozarks because of how wild it is down there. Mm. Same exactly, with the Pacific yeah. Northwest, it's this untouched wilderness that we don't know anything about really. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, the Ozarks in general, I think are just, it's a big, it's a big mass of land and a lot of strange oddities, whether it's missing people, the, the folklore the history of the land, and we all know what happens in the land. I think we've seen over time, especially with all these stories that we go through. If there's some type of like history in the land where someone was fucked over, killed, whatever, there's a slaughter, that energy builds. <clears throat> and when it builds, it opens portals, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. Portals, just different energy fields. That are open to bringing into other energies, and I just think it's fucking crazy. So I give it a fact because I just think all things are possible. I will say part of the missing persons thing is that you have people from the city who think that they can go out into the woods and go For out sure. into the mountains and just I know what I'm doing and I have a compass. Well, if you don't know how to use it properly and how to use a map properly, in that. When you walk, you're fucking yourself. You you naturally deviate to the left or right when you walk. Yep. And if to properly use a compass in a heavily wooded area, what you would do is you would take the compass, point it at the tree at your your heading, find a tree that matches <laughs> right on with it, go to that tree, and then shoot your heading again it's very labor intensive and if you don't know how to navigate the yep. woods you are 
fucked if you were lost in the woods. Well, yeah, that people people understand. Like people always think they're such big tough shit. They're like, oh, I could fucking na-. no, the fuck you couldn't navigate the woods. I, I had that exact there, conundrum. I thought look, I was you, super good at it. Went out in the woods. Yeah, you could not nope. see left from right. <laughs> Everything looks the fucking same. What you think is a landmark is not a landmark when you fucking come back. Like you do not know yeah. everything, especially in the dark. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. You're fucked. You're I always back. think about like that argument is so good. If you think about like the missing 411, uh, if you guys watch the doc, the one that was just particular to hunters, mm-hmm. you learn about these very, very experienced hunters that have done the same route. Yep. This like they have immense gear. Like they're they're whistled up to the nines with modern day gear, GPS, everything. Mm-hmm. They still somehow wind up missing. And so there's either a supernatural cause. And if you don't want to believe in the, the supernatural, then that means that the most experienced hunter with the most to date technology can still go missing and die in the wilderness and get lost mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Absolutely. There's that lady who got fucking lost in Hawaii in the woods and couldn't find her way out of the woods on a small island. Mm-hmm. Like, but all she had to do was fucking walk one direction for two miles and she was out of the woods. But also, the flip side of that is, is you also have people where it's the complete opposite. There's people who you would never expect to survive right. under certain conditions, mm-hmm. and then Little they come kids. out completely fucking normal. And is it either that something paranormal, something intervened, or is that this you know, person, child, right. whatever, have just an innate ability to know where right. to hide or what to do, or we, and we'll generally, genuinely never know that idea because we weren't there or experienced it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, especially when it involves kids, you don't, you're never going to get like some sort of an answer or something about like what their experience was like and how they actually right. survived or something out there. Yeah. So you have it from both sides. The, like the, the forest and, and those these rural areas, I think, are a lot like the ocean. Like we talk about how we haven't explored it all. Like as much as we look around it, we really haven't explored a lot of it. There's so many oh, caves man. and deep things and parts of the forest that we'll never step foot onto, that we'll never mm-hmm. look at, that's never going to be recorded, you know? Why is it that we assume that we know everything, but then we think about the fact that we haven't gone through all the forest and we don't know shit about the fucking ocean? Like, I, I, it's just humanity, a major, major humbling. Oh, for sure. Perspective. You know, talking about experienced hikers and stuff, there was a famous actor called Julian Sands who, like, went missing. He went missing hiking back in February and they just found his body like a week ago. Um, he was like an experienced hiker, and he, he, that was in like the foothills in LA. Like that wasn't even Julian Sands. Did they yeah, get lost or what? Or like he he just get lost pass. You guys were the students, not yeah. these extremely well hikers, right? Yeah. Known to 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 understand how that area was and how cold and what the elements were, and still ended up dying. It's that same thing. Was it paranormal? Was it just natural? It's mm-hmm. these areas and these things we genuinely don't know anything about. And I think that I think that it's appropriate that we put it under this phenomena umbrella because I think that that's really what is describing it. We just don't understand any of it yet, whether it be something that's just real, like, you know, people really don't understand the elements out there. Like we think we have a grasp of it, but at the end of the day, no matter how experienced you think you are, you don't know what's out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now I've I've stood next to I've stood next to soldiers doing land nav uh, courses, and I'm standing under a pine tree with the the branches covering most of me on my phone, just literally like this, and then I watch them walk right by me and go, "Well, they're lost." Don't even know I'm there, and they're just yep, 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 yapping away. And then I'll come up behind them and be like, "You guys fucking missed your turn. It's over there." <laughs> it's because people genuinely like. There's some people who naturally are really observant and are aware of their surroundings, and there's other people who literally can't talk and walk at the same time. Like it's, right. it, there's a disconnect going on and that's a gen, that's genuine things. I realize that a lot, like in my everyday life, like a, a good example, me and my mom were at the gas station and we pulled up and she pulled up to the gas tank and there was a big sign that said no gas on the door. And so I assumed she was just going to go in and get cigarettes or something, but she went in there she was there for a long time and she finally comes out and she's like, you won't believe it. There's no gas. And I was like, <laughs> There's a no, giant sign on the door. You had to open the door with the sign on it to walk yeah. in. You really didn't see that. She goes, No, I stood in line and everything. And I just and they told me that I couldn't get gas. And I was just like, wow. Like, and I just realized like how unobservant some people are. Like just people just be like on autopilot, just like doing mm -hmm. stuff. Like people expect and if you're in the forest like i bet you those people were talking not paying attention and just yep. like strolling along and not realizing it and that is exactly how you get lost and don't understand where you are mm -hmm. and no matter what kind of equipment or maps that you have going on if you don't realize where you are there's no saving you at that point like you're fucked yeah. like no map yep. is gonna you're, you're, you can have that map but you're have, gonna have no idea where you are on that map anymore <clears throat> mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> well Right, that was right. of the episode, everyone. I, I do have one final thought that has nothing to do with the episode. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but have you guys heard about like the glitter conspiracy? Yes. The glitter conspiracy? What? Yeah, yeah. There's a conspiracy. Who glitter. Okay, there's a conspiracy because there was a shortage of glitter, and there's only mm. two companies in the United States that make glitter. Um, and when people called to try to figure out who was buying all the glitter, they were they declined. They were like, "We can't tell you. We have like we sign NDAs. We can't tell you about who buys all the glitter." So it was a conspiracy for a long time. Well, these people on YouTube, I don't know who the hell it is. So just type in glitter conspiracy on YouTube, and the new video will come up. But they figured it the fuck out. They found the person who uh, is the son of one of the owners of the factories who makes the, the glitter, and he, like, got pushed out of the family business, so he, like, told all the secrets and, like, gave them a tour around the property because the glitter factory and his home are on the same property. They own, like, 500 acres where mm -hmm. everybody lives and the glitter factory is, and it's the motherfucking government. So the government came to some dude. Wait, the government came to some dude who was a German um, kind of immigrant guy from World War II. He came from there. And he, was, he was a precision cutter at the time. And they asked him if he could please uh, cut precision cut some mica for them. And because they needed it to put around plutonium in order to make the atom bomb. And in the process of this, he made glitter. And that's how he made the glitter company. Now, to this day, the government is still uh, the biggest uh, user of glitter. We do not know what exactly they use it for, but all of this the glitter, what it is, is just an actual byproduct of the of a government application. Bam. 
Wow. But what I is didn't know any of that. That's very interesting. We don't know. That's the only thing we don't know is we don't know necessarily what the government uses it for. So we would have to figure out people from the government and it, that were in the kind of things. But if you think about it, they were using mica. They were trying to make like a washer around mica in order to put the plutonium inside of for mm -hmm. the atom bomb. So if you think about something like that, who knows what other things they're using weird earth minerals for that these glitter companies are cutting and then their byproduct of them making that material is glitter, which is what they sell back to the consumers. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, so everyone that's go watch that hole. video if you want like a deep dive. Uh, yep. but, like they haven't <clears throat> figured out the glitter conspiracy. That's my final thoughts. Uh, Tony, your final thoughts. Uh, my final thought is uh, I'm I'm kind of mind blown by what you just said. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we've got uh, uninformed on Thursday, and then another Bobby's cryptid corner on Tuesday, and then an that's my it's my first that. captain episode next week, and it's the day yeah. after my birthday, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah cool. and Only Ghost up. is back on the 20th. Yes, that's right. Uh, we are bringing back Only Ghosts, and we mm -hmm. are starting off with Resurrection Mary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can I just give, like, a slight... Who the fuck names a cemetery Resurrection Cemetery? Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of weirdness going on there, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll, Kari, we'll get, what are yeah, your yeah. final... Uh... I want to go, go last, because I have, I have a short video to end with about okay. perception right. that's relevant. Three? So, Hopefully three. it's a good one and not like last time, Kari. No, really <laughs> yeah, for real. Three? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say... So um, I haven't got glitter in a long time because my mom said it's not good for the world because it's not recyclable. So, well, some glitter isn't, some glitter isn't. It depends on there what it's being go. made of. The ones of mica there are because go. it's like mica, that's like earth element, but some of them are made of plastic, yes, and those ones maybe aren't. Some of them are made of like iron, all sorts of things. I thought it was made of silica. Some of it is, but silica okay. is more like, um, it's harder. Oh, frozen and doesn't necessarily elf have like a shine to it. <laughs> all right, Kari, hit us with this all shitty right. video. All right, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll remove you all. So I'll I'll play the video and then end. So say bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We know. Bye, bye. everyone. I love okay, you. Bye. See you on bye. Thursday. See you on Thursday. Nobody is ready for this one. This probably looks familiar. It probably looks like these somatic patterns that I talk about all the fucking time. And all these things are is a petri dish on top of a speaker and a light on top of it making these cool mandala-like patterns. Now this man made one of them in a 3D design software and took cross sections of it and put different colors to those cross sections. So using a 3D cymatic pattern this man was able to create a perfect image using sound and light. I want you to sit and really think about this because this is the code to reality. This is the, this is the code to the matrix or whatever you want to call it. This is how energy interacts with itself to create everything that you see. This is why cymatics and sound is so important. Vibration in general, it's all waves. And that's how we make sense of it.